You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is Monday. You know it's 7 p.m. So that means it is time for the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth, and I thank you so much for joining me today. I count it an honor. I count it an honor that you would pause throughout your evening and want to hear what God is saying to his people today. Go with me to Joshua 2. Let's go to Joshua 2. God is speaking today. And of course, he's speaking through me. He's speaking through you. And if God gives you something to share today, I encourage you, speak a word. Speak a word of life. And to those that are around you, don't sit by idly and just watch people faint for a lack of hope. Speak a word of life. The word of life that's in your mouth. That's in your mouth. Deliver it to the people, the men and women that you come in contact with so that they can know that God lives and he lives so that they can live. Jesus lives so that they can live just like he's living in and through you and I. Joshua 1. Let's go to Joshua 1. Joshua, you know what? Joshua 2. I'm sorry. Joshua 2. Go to Joshua 2 and verse 1. Let's start there, Joshua 2 and first 1. And today, I am in the New International Version. I tend to, I stick to the King James Version, but sometimes when I'm ministering, I like to skip around and use the different versions because it's about what can what can clarify what I'm trying to say, what God is trying to say through me. So this week we're using the New International Version and we're in Joshua 2 and we're in verse 1 where it says, then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, go look over the land, he said, go look over the land, especially, let me pinpoint your view to especially Jericho. Jericho. Can I tell you that God is going to begin to open up your eyes and direct you to exactly where he'd like you to go, where he'd specifically like you to be able to minister, where he has prepared a place for the word that he's put in you. And it says, he said, especially Jericho. So when they went, when they went, they followed instructions. They followed instructions when they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And they stayed there. Verse 2 says, the king of Jericho was told. He was told there are spies in the land. Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Does anyone here see the strategy? The strategy, they didn't make it known. They just followed the instructions of God through their leader that sent them to a specific place, a specific place where they're going, where we're going to see that it was heard that they were going to come to. Verse three says, so the king of Jericho, he sent this message to Rahab. 
And he told Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. See, the king was clear. They didn't come to visit you. I understand that they are here to spy out all of Jericho. And the verse four says, but the woman had taken the two men and she hid them. She said, yes, the men, they came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. Verse five, at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Verse six says, but she had taken them up to the roof and she had hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. She had prepared a hiding place for them. Verse seven says, so the men, they set out in pursuit of the spies. They trusted her word. And she misled them. They trusted her word and she misled them, her own people, on the road that leads to the fords of Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Even they couldn't get back in. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and she said to them, listen to what she said to them in verse nine. I know that the Lord has given you this land. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. I misled what was my people because I am turning my affection. I am turning my worship. I am turning my praise to God. So I'm leaving the familiar and I'm hiding, I'm protecting, I'm protecting what God has sent, what God has sent. Verse 10, she says, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. She's telling them the word is already out on you all. We already know what your God has done for you. And I choose, I believe she's saying, and I choose that your God's going to be my God. See, because you've destroyed kings. You've already taken over territory to the point where when we heard of it, there were those that fainted. There were those whose heart is now in a state of fear because of what God has done for you. There are those who are in, their hearts are melting in fear because of what God has done for you. Can I tell you that that place that God is sending you to, that place that God is directing you to, not only is he giving you the strategy, I'm talking to my leaders, not only is he giving you the strategy and I'm talking to the people, giving you a spirit of obedience, but can I tell you that those people's hearts are already melted in fear? They already have heard how God has caused you to be 
a conqueror. They've already heard how God calls you victorious. They've already heard how God has already made provision for you. They already have heard how God has healed you. They've already heard how God has delivered you. They've already heard how God has delivered your children. They've already heard how God has delivered your spouses. They've already heard. Their hearts are prepared. Their hearts are prepared. And she says to them, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family to me and my generations. Can you show me the same kindness that God has shown you? Can you show me the same healing that God has shown you? Can you show me the same deliverance that God has shown you? Can you show me the same mercy that God gave to you and the generations after you? Can you show that to me and my family? Can I get you to promise that you'll spare the lives of my father and my mother, my lineage? Can I get you to make that promise, the same promise that God made to you? Can you make that to me that you will save not only me and my family, the generations, but you'll save my lineage, you'll save my father, and you'll save my mother, my brothers, and my sisters, and all who belong to them. Can you save us from death? Can you save me and the generations after me and before me from death? Can you do that like God has done for you? Can you do that for, for me? Can you do that? See, because I've heard of your Lord. I've heard how you've already conquered regions and kings. I've heard that about you. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her, verse 14, if you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly. If you will hold our strategy, if you will protect us, we will indeed save you. And not only the generations that are attached to you and that come after you, but the generations before you will save your mother, your father, your sisters, your brother, and their children and their children's children. If you will just hold our strategy close to your heart. If you'll just hold it and treat, you treat, it says, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. They pointed her back to the Lord. When the Lord does it for us, we'll do it for you. See, just because, just as you had the faith to believe that the same God that sent us here to conquer this territory has saved our generations and our, and our families, our mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers, and their families, just as you you had that faith to ask that of us, that we show you that same kindness. If you will kindly extend that kindness, once God gives us the land, once God gives us the territory, we will indeed the same kindness that you believe God showed us, that you asked us for earlier. We will again show you that same kindness that God shows to what toward us. We will show it towards you. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the name that precedes you. 
We're talking about the name that precedes you. You have no need to fear. See, because if you're fearful, the people that you're going to are already fearful. Why? Because they might not know Marie or they might not know your name, but what they know is the name of your Lord. They know the Lord that has delivered you. They know the Lord that has healed you. They know the Lord that not only has done it for you, but has gone down to your generations behind you and then leaped forward and saved the generation in front of you. They know your God. They're the name. It does precede you. You have no need to worry. You have no need to fear the name. The name of the Lord, it precedes you. It goes before you. Mark 1 and 21, it tells us that they went to Capernaum. And I'm giving you an example here. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach. And the people there, it says, they were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority. Verse 23, just at, just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by impure spirit, he cried out. And then verse 20, 24 says, if they said, the spirit said, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Listen to this key verse right here. They said to him, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Can I tell you that the enemy knows your name? The enemy knows your God. The enemy knows your Jesus. You can't be in fear and afraid to cast out demonic forces for the demonic forces are already saying, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. See, what I see right here is we don't even have to open our mouths. We don't, we won't even have to declare that we are the sent ones of Christ. Why? Because this scripture tells me in Mark 1, 21 to 24, that even the enemy knows, the enemy knows, I know who you are. Even the enemy knows you are the Holy One of God. The enemy knows that you have authority to cast him out through the name of Jesus Christ. The enemy knows that he is under your foot because you have the power of Jesus Christ. The enemy knows. He already knows. He already knows. So you the name of Jesus. The crowd knew the name of Jesus. Perfect. So the crowd knew the name of the Lord God. And then we go down. Let's go down. And I'm just giving you examples of here, here of those that knew the name of Christ. I'm just giving you examples. Mark 3, verse 7. And we're moving right along. Mark 3, verse 7. It says, Jesus... He, re, he withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd from Galilee followed. Verse eight says, when they heard about all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Why? Verse nine says, because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from 
crowding him for he had healed so many, so many people so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits, when they saw him, they fell down before him and they cried out. They cried out, you are the son of God. But he gave them strict orders. He said, don't tell no one else. They knew of him from Judea to Jerusalem, to Idumea. What, what are we seeing here? We're seeing here that the country knew his name. So we saw that the enemy knew his name. We saw that in Mark 1, 20, 21 and 24. Then we see the crowd knows his name. We see that in Mark um, 1 and 37. And then we go down to Mark 3 and we go to verse 8 and we see the country knew his name. Can I tell you that there is no place that God is going to call you to where they will not already know of the name of Jesus. They might not know him personally. They might not know personally of his works. They might not know personally of his healing. They might not know personally that he is a God that can keep you. But can I tell you that they are going to know him through you. When you show up, they're going to know the God that you serve. When you show up, they're going to know the God that is to be magnified. When you show up, because the stage has already been set for your presence. The stage has already been set. You have no need to fear. Why? Because it is your God that they fear. You have only but to stand and declare the word and the works of the Lord. Why? Because the name precedes you. The crowd knows the name, the enemy knows the name, and the country knows the name. Leaders, are you hearing me? You have no need, no need to fight in this battle. The way has already been made for you. Your way has already been made clear. It has already been made clear. So Jeremiah 1, what am I trying to tell you next? I'm trying to tell you that if the way has already been made clear, as it says in Jeremiah 1, you don't have to be afraid of their faces. It is your God that they fear. It is your God that has caused their heart to faint with fear. It is your God. Your God rules and it's your God that reigns. Jeremiah 1 and 1, it says the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah. Verse 3, it came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, this is Jeremiah, verse 5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. See, God already knows you. He already knows you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I've sanctified me. I've sanctified you. So he knows you and he's sanctified you. Then he says, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So he's saying, I know you, I've sanctified you, and I've ordained you. And then he says in verse six, Jeremiah says, then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, 
for I am a child. Verse seven says, but the Lord said unto me, say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go forth where I shall send thee and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee and I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and he touched Jeremiah's mouth. And the Lord said unto him, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. At this time, Jeremiah was a child and God was sending him forth. But I, can I tell you, there's value. There is value into in becoming as a child of God. There is value in becoming as a child. There's even value in your fear as a child. There is even value in your insecurities of your fear being a child. There is value in it. Why? Because you can't be pious and arrogant when you're in fear. You can't be pious and arrogant as a child. Child, A childlike behavior is one that is humble and one that is submissive to its leader. It's one that can decree and declare in confidence because until they're over their fear, their confidence is in what has been put into their mouth by the Lord. So his confidence, Jeremiah's confidence now became what was sealed when God touched his mouth and God told him, I have put my words in your mouth. So no, don't go tell those people, but I am only a child. That's what God is saying. Don't tell the people I am only a child. You, But to me, yes, you are my child. So I am going to seal my words in your mouth. See, it's key here that Jeremiah is identifying that I am but a child. That is key because in Matthew 18 and 1, or let's say Matthew 18 and three, where Jesus tell him, truly, I tell you, unless you change, meaning unless you are converted, change your mind, change the direction that you're going and choose to follow Christ. But he says here, and become like little children, you can never enter the kingdom of God. The child can enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because with the child is humbleness. With the child is confidence in Christ, but insecurity in themselves. See, Christ can use you with your insecurity in yourself, but he needs you to be secure in him. That's the child. That's the child-parent relationship that we are secure in Christ. I can sit here and talk to you today. The vice is going down. I can move things around and still say what God is saying because I am secure in the words that God has sealed in my mouth. You have to be secure. But I am humble as a child because I recognize that I need God to seal the words in my mouth. See, my confidence is not in my skill. My confidence is not in the technology. Technology. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is in God who has sealed the words in my mouth. And I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear anyone abusing 
abusing my childlike relationship with Christ. Even though like for, for those of you who don't want to ever step in a church again, or don't want to ever submit to a leader again, because you've been hurt, because you've been abused, because you've been misused. For those of you out there, I say, give it another try. You did not find the right leader or you weren't mature enough yet to receive instruction from a mature leader. You just weren't ready yet. So before you throw out the leader and the church and God, before you throw it all out the water, all out the window, the baby and the bathwater, before you throw it all out, listen to this. Verse six, it says, it gives, it gives a, uh, a, a bit of an admonition to a to to those that would try to abuse the child. It says, if anyone causes any of these little ones, any of the of my children, any of my children who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large milestone hung around their neck and for them to be drowned into the depths of the sea. Yes. Now, does that sound like the Jesus who's holding a lamb? No. Jesus is telling you, you got one time, you got one time to make one of my children someone who believes in me. I'm a full grown adult, but I am a child of God. You got one time to make, to do something that makes me stumble. And Jesus is saying here, you'd be better off if you tied a, a, a thing around your own, a large milestone, a large rope around your own neck, around your own neck and through your own something to see, you'd be better off. You'd be better off. So to those of you who are scared to, to give a leader a, a try, another try, scared to be uh, trained by another leader, if that leader truly fears God, if they truly fear God, they're going to think twice before they offend you. They're going to think twice before they mistreat you. They're going to think twice before they push you away. They're going to think twice before they cause you to stumble. Why? Because they know the word of God. What it simply comes down to, and I'm at my, I'm, I'm nearing my end. What it simply comes down to is that you have to know who you are, and you have to know the power of God that that rests in you. You have to know that He indeed has sealed His words in your mouth. Now, listen. Just because He sealed your words, His words in your mouth, everyone don't feel like it. Just because you don't get a mic, that that just because you're not in from a pulpit or you're not speaking from a mic. That 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 this that you're not doing what God has called you to do. See, because some of the words that God has put in your mouth manifest in your hands. I'm seeing what I'm seeing now is a people whose God's words are manifesting in their hands. I see their work. I see their work. I see businesses blooming. Do you not know that that is a form of evangelism for a business to bloom where you're touching people that are not a part of your daily circle or your daily contact list? Do you not know that you are touching people with the word of God just by your kind personality, just how you do business, just how you conduct business, just how you handle your, your, your business, your products, how you present your products? That is the word of God. God, that he has put in your mouth, that he's still in your mouth, manifesting in your hands. Why? Because you are 
building. You are building the people of God slowly but surely because they're paying attention to the words you speak when you teach them. They're paying attention to how you handle your products, how your customer service is. They're paying attention to how you handle them when there's a discrepancy, to how you handle them when maybe their products didn't arrive, arrive on time. They are paying attention. So everybody's mic is not in their mouth. Some people's mic is in their hand and it manifests in what they build. It manifests in what they build. So you have to know who you are and don't become an escape artist when things get hard. Don't become an escape artist when things get tough because like God told Jeremiah, I know who you were from the womb. I've already, I've already birthed you. I've already ordained you for what I've put in your mouth, for what I've sealed in your mouth. I've already done it. So don't try to be an escape artist when hard times come. He's already going plan a rescue for you. He's already planned a way of escape for you. How do I know this? Because in Acts 17, it talks about Paul and Silas when they travel through, um, let me see, and Philippos and Apollonia and Thessalonica. Thessalonica, it talks about how they traveled through, right? Through these towns. Now listen to this, go to Acts 17. I just want to share this one last thing to you because I want to point something out to you because so many times we back up and we think that, whew, got past that. We're backing away from what would grow us up. We're backing away from what would mature us. When the goal is go through it, watch God bring you through it, take the lessons you've learned with you, and then share those so that it can mature someone else. Okay, so verse 17, verse 1. Now, after Paul and Silas had traveled through Amphiopolis and Apollonia, they came unto Thessalonica. Thessalonica, how can I not say that word today? And where there was the synagogue of the Jews and Paul entered into the synagogue as was his custom. And for three Sabbaths, he engaged in discussion and friendly debate with them from the scriptures. I'm going somewhere, so pay attention. Verse three, explaining, and he pointed out scriptural evidence, and I'm in the NIV version, that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead saying, this Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. And some of them were persuaded to believe. And they joined Paul and Silas along with a large number of God-fearing Greeks and many of the leading women. Verse five, listen to this. But the unbelieving Jews came jealous and taking along some thuds from the low light in the marketplace and they set the city in an uproar, in an uproar. And then Jason's house to bring Paul and Silas out to the people. Now listen to this, verse six. But when they failed to find them, they dragged Jason and some brothers before the city authorities shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason had just got saved, he and his family. But when they couldn't find Paul and Silas, guess what they did? They drug Jason out. They drug him and his family out. And 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 so 
So what I'm trying to point out to you is Paul and Silas, they could not find, but the new, the new believers, they dragged them out. So don't become, don't try to become this escape artist when trials and tribulations come. Don't try to throw up your hands and be like, it wasn't me. Because if God called you for his purpose from the womb and he's put his words, he sealed them in your mouth. You can deny, 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 Peter. But guess what? You're getting drug out too. So don't think, listen, a way, one of the ways to fight a battle is not going to be avoidance. My prayer for those under the sound of my voice is that you would get a spirit of confrontation. See, Jason, they had to drag him out the house. That means Jason probably was resisting. He probably was like, wait a minute. I, I just got, they drug him right out. When turn around, stand up and confront it. And what happened in verse seven, and Jason welcomed them into his house and he protected them. And they were all saying things contrary to the decrees of Caesar, actually claiming that there is another King Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities when they heard these things. And when they had taken security and bail from Jason and others, they let them go. So Jason still had to pay the cost. He still had to pay a cost. He got drug out and it cost him some money. So he still got drug out of his house and he still had to pay some money to get his freedom back. So what is God saying? You can try all you want to avoid the call that God has on your life. You can try all you want to, to denounce what you believe or you can try to not believe or you have convenient faith. You believe when you do believe, when you're around the right people believe. But guess what? When it all said none. I will not be there. You going to get dragged out of your house. So you better develop a defense for what you believe and be prepared to fight. Be prepared to fight. We don't want to fight today. And what I'm telling you is for where God has called you to, for the place that he has prepared for you, yes, the way is clear. Yes, they know of your God. Yes, the crowd knows of your God. Even the enemy knows of your God. Even the country knows of your God. But guess what? You still may have to fight some battles. And to fight those battles, it may simply mean that you be willing to stand. You must be willing to stand. We are too easily knocked out the box by some discouraging word, by some possible dragging out of our comfort zone. Out of our comfort zone, we don't want to be dragged out of our comfort zone. We deny God and be dragged out of our comfort zone. So what? So how do you plan on God using you if you will not get out of your comfort zone? How do you plan? How will you ever know that the place that God has calling you to called you to, whether it be a business, whether it be um, whatever word God has called your hands to build, however the word that He sealed in your mouth manifests, how will you ever know the power of those words? How will you ever know that the crowd already knows God, that the country already knows God, that even the enemy already knows God, if you won't step past the boundaries of your comfort zone? If you won't step 
past. You must move past the boundaries that you have placed around your comfort zone. I'm thinking right now of when they do construction on the highways and you see those big cement barriers that keep the cars um, in certain lanes so that no one can go over. Matter of fact, if you hit the cement barrier, your car would be torn up. Some of you would rather be tore up than move out of your comfort zone. We won't, we won't do what God is telling us to do because it's something that we've never done before. Can I tell you that we won't know the power of God until we step outside of the boundaries that we've placed around ourselves? Because guess what? Now it's not your leader that's placed the boundaries around you for protection. Now it's not your family that has the boundaries around you for protection. It's not your mother. It's not your father, your sister, or your brother. It's you. God is calling you out. God is calling you out. He's saying in this word today that I have already preceded you. I'm in front of you. Why are you still allowing these boundaries are to be around you? Why won't you step around these boundaries and into this new place that I have prepared for you? Now, you know, for the last few weeks, I've been saying this in several different ways, which tells me that some people still aren't listening. We're typing, but we're not listening and we're not applying. I'm hearing leaders. I'm hearing my leader say this during the week. I'm hearing him say this during weekly broadcast. I'm hearing him say these things on Sunday mornings and we still won't move beyond our comfort zone. It's all right for Marie, but I, don't, I can't do that. Or, or I want to do it this way. God is not asking you what you would like to do, what makes you the most comfortable. He's asking you to do what he's called you to. Now you have to know what that is. Stop stalling. Stop stalling. We are stalling. I don't have it quite together yet. I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet. I I'm not sure. Let me tell you something. If you go back and look at some of my past broadcasts when I first started, if you even look at today, you can see where I was still trying to figure it out. I still don't have a production crew. I'm almost a year in and I'm still trying to figure out things. I sit down every Monday morning and go through tons of apps and tons of different suggestions trying to figure out how I can better perfect what God has given to me. Stop wasting time and move now before God transfers what he has for you to someone who's willing to step out on faith with nothing and believe the word of the God, word of God, and do what God has called them to do. Stop being afraid. Stop waiting for God to give you something that you're comfortable with. Stop. This is what I love about my millennials. They will at least try. This is what I love about those babies. They will at least try. If you say God said you can do before you can get the sentence done, they already have something in their mind that they are willing to try. They will try, 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 fail, try, fail, try again, try again, go get some help, try again. But us older ones, Jesus, we are stuck 
in our own contraptions. We are stuck in our own, with our own boundaries. And then we sit and we, and we act like, we act like we're just, we just don't know. It's just not quite clear yet. I promise you in this past year, God has told you what he expects out of you. He has told you what he wants from you. You, however, have made a decision that it's not completely clear to you. You have made a decision that you're not completely sure about if that's really it or not. You have made a decision that you don't understand it all yet. So you got to put it together some more. You have made that decision that you can't do the thing that he's called you to do because you don't fully understand it. When I'm telling you, if you move now, he'll walk you through it. He'll walk you through it. The goal is to walk you through it. Why? Why is the goal to hold your hand and walk you through it? Why does God want to do that? Because you're his child. You're his child. You're his child. All he wants you to do is reach up and grab his hand and he's willing to walk you through it. There is, let me tell you something. There is nothing that you haven't been through already that you're not going to see down the road. There is nothing that God has already delivered you from that you're not, that you can't conquer if it come up again down the road. But you refuse to even try God. Move now. That's it. Move now. What? Come on now. I expect next week when I get online, whenever that is, because I'm not going to get on on Memorial Day, I'm going to pop up on you at some point next week. And I expect to see some testimonies in here. I expect to see, I started the business. Here, here's the link. I did this and that. Here's the so-and-so to see what I have. Here's the products that God gave me. Here's the such. A, I want to see the good report of the Lord. I want to see the testimony of God manifested. I want to see it manifested. I don't want to see words of encouragement. I want to see my job is to manifest the promises of God. My job is to push you into your destiny and your purpose. No more excuses. No more excuses. God has said, I precede you. I have preceded you. I am in front of you. I am waiting for you to get here. But you got to put two feet in front of the other. You got to put one foot in front of the other and you have to get moving. Time is up. If you are not, listen, let me say to you like this. If you're not going to do what God has called you to do, not only will he transfer it to someone who's willing to do it, but let me tell you what's going to happen. Think about it like this. If your purpose on this earth is to do the will of God, if you're not going to do it, then why are you still here? Why would God still have you in the earth realm if your purpose is to do his will and you're not going to do it? Then there's no need for you to be here. You'd be better off with God. It's like the old folks used to say, you so earthly, you so heavenly bound, you know, earthly good. You know, earthly good at this point. You know, earthly good at this point. So he must will bring you home with him. Do the will of God. This is the word of God. I have already preceded you. And I know it's tough and I know it's tough and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, you might have to start off doing it afraid, but fear will not be with you always. Yes, you will have some new enemies on this new level. Yes, you will have to battle for your mind. Yes, you will. But guess what? God has already 
preceded you. He has already prayed for you that your faith would fail not. Jesus has already prayed. Peter, Peter, I'm talking to Peter. Jesus has already prayed for you that your faith would fail not. Now, all you have to do is move. That's all you have to do is move. No, it's not going to be easy. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it for you. No, it's not going to be easy. Yes, you're going to have to fight some battles in your mind. You have to fight a lot of battles in your mind. You have to fight a whole lot of battles. And some of them, you aren't going to be sure you're going to make it through. But you're going to remember, you're going to remember the same God that brought you through before will bring you through again. Why? Because Jesus has already prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Your faith, we need your faith not to fail. Your faith, because your faith will pull you through this. Your faith will not fail you. Jesus has already prayed that prayer. You need to get moved. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. God is saying, if you are still in this earth realm, I put a word and I've sealed it in your mouth. That word is waiting to manifest through your hands. That word is waiting to manifest through your feet. That word might be waiting to manifest through your mouth, but you have to at least open it. You at least have to get moving if you're going to build it. I want to hear the good testimony of Christ. I want to hear what God has done in your life. I want to hear these words that God is speaking through me. I want them to manifest. I command them to go to work in your mind on this week. I command the word. I'm putting a demand on the word of God to, to wake you up in the middle of the night and speak its promises to you. I'm putting a command on the word of God, the word that I've given you to understand that the crowd, the enemy, and that the, let's see, the crowd, the enemies, and the country already know the name of the Lord God. They are already fearful. The territory has already been prepared for you. They already have heard of your God. They only need you now to show up and conquer. They'd only need you now to show up victorious, show up and rebuild, show up and rebuild. That is the word of the Lord. Now you can sit there next week and you can come back with a hallelujah and an amen and a glory to you and not have done a thing. And I promise you that there's somebody that is waiting to for God to give them what you're willing to forfeit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm speaking to their spirit right now to wake up that God has something for them that some of you are forfeiting. He has something for them and they're going to pick it up and they're going to show up and they're going to give the good testimony of God. And they're going to say that it's not it's not easy. And they're going to say it can be difficult. And yes, you will have to war for your faith. You will have to war. But Jesus has already prayed for me. They're going to be willing and bold enough and confrontational enough to say that Jesus has already prayed for me. I'm going to show up, though. I'm going to show up with the gifts that God has given me. See, because I took I took the one, the two, the three and the four and the five and I gave them back to God. And I put those I invested those gifts into the people of God. And now God has given me five more. So now I have ten. And one of those tens is yours because you forfeited. You forfeited. So go ahead. Don't start the business. I promise you, I'll start it for you next week. How about that? How about that? Oh, that's all right. Don't write the book. Don't worry about it. I'll write it for you next week. How about that? 
How about that? Don't start. Don't don't create the product. Don't worry. I'll create it next week. I'll claim. I'll claim it. I'll claim it and distribute it. I distribute it by the word of God to his people that have their hands open and they have a willing mind and a willing heart. And they believe they believe the word of the Lord God. They believe that Jesus has already prayed for them and they are willing. They are willing to step out on faith. I've already prayed for you. Jesus is saying, now I need you to step out. I need you to step out. That's okay. That's okay. If you don't want to, that's okay. That's okay. But I promise you, there are going to be some people that show up next week. Whenever I pop up online, there are going to be some people that show up next week and say, I started the business. Here's the link to the website. This is my new product. I spoke a word. I started the book. I finished chapter one. Here, read it. Tell me what you think about it. I'm just going to share a little brief paragraph of it. People are going, there is somebody under the sound of my voice that you've been discouraged that nobody will receive the gift that God gave you. But the, I decree and declare that the doors are open for you. The door is open for you. And not only are you going to have the gift that God gave to you, but you want to have even more gifts because God is going to reinvest that which was forfeit and he's going to forfeit it and he's going to put it into your hands. He's going to put it into your hands. And I decree and declare that you will show up at this forum and you will testify of the good, faithful works of God, that which people have held back. You will testify of the good and faithful works of the Lord God. You will testify of it since they didn't want to, since they didn't want to. Since they, since they didn't want to share what God had given them with the world, since they didn't want to invest the gift that God gave them with the people into the people of God, since they didn't want to, I decree and declare your hands are open and it's in your hands now. And it's in your hands now. Mm -hmm. I decree and declare for the person that won't do it because they feel like they're too old. Okay, that's fine. God's not going to beg you no more. I decree and declare that gift goes into an, to a hand to a hand that's held out, that's surrendered to God right now. That receiving, that's receiving this word right now. See, 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 too many times uh, we, we as prophets and prophetess, we can come forth and we can decree and declare the house and all that that you can get by just simply working for. No, I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the things of God that he has imparted to you. The thing that only God can do in and through you. I'm talking about those things, those things that God so, so freely distributed to you that you so carelessly neglect today. Those are the things that you're going to find your neighbor has. Oh yeah, the unsaved neighbor that you thought would never know God, they're coming to know God now and they're coming to God with the gift that you forfeited. They're coming to God with the book that you forfeited, with the product that you forfeited. They're come, God's going to begin to raise, I decree and declare, he's going to begin to raise up those around you with your gifts that you forfeited. Those of you under the sign of my voice, you don't want to do what God is calling you to do. Then I decree and declare your neighbors, they're going to be saved. They're going to be saved. They're going to be delivered. and Your gifts will be distributed to them. And you'll have to look at them. You have to look at them. Be successful in God. That one you thought would never be delivered. That one you thought would never be off drugs. They're, they're delivered today. They're getting delivered right now. They're getting saved right now. They're opening up their hair salons now. You didn't want to run your hair salon according to the grace of God and to the mercy of God. Okay, your neighbor's going to have that for you. You didn't want to do that. You want to sit on your license. You don't want to, you don't want to do that. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Your neighbor's going to do it. Because see, they're not fearful. This is what I love about babies. They're not 
fearful. They will try God at his word. They will try God at what they believe his word is until they can fully comprehend it. They'll try God at half of the word until they can understand how the rest is spelled. But we sit, we sit and we hold dear and tight that which God has given us. But guess what? He's not begging anymore. He's not begging anymore. He's not begging anymore. Come on, surrender. Surrender that fear to God and try God at his word because he has already preceded you. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your word of healing. I thank you for your word of healing the minds of your people and delivering them from the sin of the sin of 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 sitting on the gifts and the callings that you have deposited in them. I thank you for forgiving them, God. They're standing up now, God, all over the world. They're standing up and they're decreeing and declaring that they're going to live for you and that they're going to invest the gift that you have given them into the people of God that you have called them to so that you can multiply the gift. They want you to be able to trust the God. And I thank you, God, for this word, God, this word that brought about a repentance, God, to your people, that they will walk worthy now of the vacation wherein they are called, that they would now get out pens and pads and begin to record the ideas that you have given to them, that they would be that, that God, that you would think you would be in their ear all night long and cause them, God, to not even be able to sleep for the promises that you are, that you are manifesting in their minds right now, that you are showing them that are about to manifest through their hands right now. Thank you for their open minds being willing to receive to willing to receive that which even they put down that they're picking it back up again and they're repenting for putting it down and they're rebuilding and they're remaking and they're reproducing thank you oh god for people of god that can hear your voice that can hear your call that can hear your call and that they know that you have already prepared the way for them they know, God, that you have already caused their enemy to faint with fear of your presence in them, God. They know that the battle is yours, oh God, and that they don't have to fear. They don't have to be, they don't have to, they don't have to cower down to no man because you are the God that has cleared the way for them. You are the God that has made their way already successful. You are the God, the Lord of Lord that has caused the crowd to be ready to receive the word that is coming out of their mouths, the word that will manifest through their hands. You've caused the enemy, the enemy to flee at the word that is manifesting in their mouths. That's going to be built by their hands. God, I thank you. I thank you for a people that are willing. I thank you for a humble people a humble people that can hear your voice, a humble people that have submit their wills and their way to you. I thank you for a humble people, a child people that are proud to be called children of the most high God. And most of all, I thank you for Jesus who is sitting at your right hand, who is interceding for us daily, that is causing your word to be filtered down through the portals, through your prophets and your prophetess, and through your called out men and women of God to speak unto your people so that your people will be gathered, will be gathered unto your name unto your name, for your name, for your glory, for your glory. In Jesus' name, 
In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. I thank you so much for listening on this evening. I will not, wait a minute. No, I will see you next Monday. It's Memorial Day. I won't see you on that Monday. I keep trying to rush it. So I will see you on that on next Monday at 7 p.m. And I want to hear a good word. I want to hear the testimonies. I want to hear the testimonies of God. I want to hear the testimonies of God. Record them, write them down, decree and declare what God is doing through you. Show ownership. Showing is showing ownership for what God has done for you and what he's doing through you, what he's doing just for you. Can we give God credit and glory for what he's doing in us and through us and not hold it to ourselves? Amen. Amen. I see you on next week. I love you all. And remember, I am praying for you. If you're under the sound of my voice, I am praying for you. And I'm looking for that good word, what God has done for you on next week. Be blessed.